This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 264, and my guest is Lopez Lamong. If you are in my Facebook group, then you know that I have wanted to get Lopez on the show for a very long time, and I'm so excited to have him on. I read his book probably around a year and a half ago, Running For My Life, where he shares all about his life growing up and his journey to the United States at the age of 16. He unpacks a lot of the book in this podcast episode, but you all need to go buy the book because it's so, so good. Lopez was born in South Sudan, and at the age of six, he was taken from his family while attending a church service and held in captivity. He escaped from the camp he was being held at with three other older boys, and they crossed the border to Kenya, where they then, he then, lived in a refugee camp for the next 10 years. He shares all about the story in the podcast and in his book, and after coming to America in 2001, he ended up becoming a two-time Olympian, and he competed in the 2008 and the 2012 Olympics. And he now runs with the Bowerman Track Club. At the age of 35, he just ran a PR in the 5K with a time of 12.58. All right, friends, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. This is my go-to place for my multivitamins, my protein powder, and my vitamins for my kids as well. They have a product called Joint Health Plus. And if you are having any sort of aches and pains, in your joints, you have to check it out. It works. It provides fast joint relief and protection and is going to help with that stiffness and improve your joint flexibility in just seven to 10 days. Okay. I use it every single day. The protein powder we use here at my house, the Nurify Plus, I prefer the vanilla. We make smoothies with those with my boys. Sometimes if I'm just on the go and I need a quick hit, I will just mix it up with some water and head out the door. It's delicious, and they use the highest quality ingredients. You all can save 15% on Prevenex products when you go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout. And friends, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider taking a screenshot and sharing it with your friends on social media and leaving us a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Lopez Lamont. All right. Well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Lopez Lamont on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Lopez. Thanks for having me. How long have I been bothering you about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, quite a well, you know, a while. <laughs> but uh, I know, I know that I I looked at it. I was like, okay, so let maybe if I get a little time. You know, I'll get to uh, I'll, I'll get to the to Lindsay and I'll, I'll reply to her and all this like this and and it just keep on going and going and then I, I we went to altitude we came back we raised that that 5k we went back up to the altitude 
And uh, we're like, okay, after 10 days, I'll probably do that. And then, and then basically pretty much is like, it went on and on. And then your friend, Emma, I was like, could you please do this to, to Lindsay? <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Okay, this is it. I, I got to get this thing done now. Oh my gosh. The best thing I ever did was bring Emma on my team because when I tell her I'm dying to have a guest on, she's like, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I am just really excited. You know, I read your book last year and as soon as I finished it, I knew I wanted to have you on the show. Thank you. It's so good. It's awesome. I think you're doing an amazing job and, uh, you know, just talking to people and getting, getting a good, um, feedback about what's going on with everybody, what is, uh, uh, we all going through and you're doing an awesome job. And I, I think it's a great thing to oh, have right now. Thanks. Okay. So how are you feeling with a brand new PR in the 5k at 35 years old? I feel, I feel great. I feel great, you know, and you know, all praise to God, you know, obviously I think, uh, I'm still, um, having a, like really that fire in my belly. And I can be able to, it's just going to continue with um, doing what I, I do the best, kind of like take care of myself, uh, train hard. And uh, I mean, the result will come as long as I do little things that like I, I normally like uh, kind of ignore um, on some previous years. But I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm getting better. I'm, a, I'm more seasoned now as, as some people normally say, like I season like a good bottle of wine. So therefore <laughs> I, I, tend to like take care of myself more now than um, getting good, good sleep, things like that. Like, you know, and, and it, you know, the result tells as well. That's awesome. How is your hamstring? I know you've dealt with that for years and years with your competing and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, the hamstring situation, uh, it was really, really hard, like especially, uh, my my kind of muscles is just like you know I think a lot of people deal with the hamstring differently and uh, obviously for me it's like I never actually had time to sit down and actually work on it and and like you know dedicate myself into it because it's always a very short period of like you know downtime and then you start again you know like you know when you're taking about you know two weeks before you start jogging again or three weeks before you started jogging and you're like that healing is not really healing. And then, um, you know, this, when I was doing a 1500 meters, it's all about raw speed and just like that. And then keep on uh, aggravating it. And so it took a, a while, it took about like four to five years, uh, for it to actually like get, get better. The more, the more I was getting a little older, the more getting like, um, uh, increasing in like the uh, distances. Um, so it, maybe more mileage kind of help a little bit as well mm. because I, I wasn't doing a lot of a, like speed as I, I used to in, when I was doing 800, 1500. So I was doing more like, you know, mile repeats and then like that little longer stuff. And then um, I get to go to, I get to go to Arizona. I saw uh, John Ball there and um, just incredible people of like, um, you know, uh, St. Vincent people as well from mm. uh, Indianapolis. Um, you know, they came out, they've been working with us, like working with me as well, kind of like really get me, get me going. And so like, I, I was healthy the last two years and, um, and then, and then hopefully like next year as well will be, uh, I want to be, I want to continue with that trajectory and, and, uh, you know, if I'm healthy, I can do amazing things out there. Tokyo 2021. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I have to just interject this because uh, it's my claim to fame that I am from Indianapolis. So I'm like good friends with the St. Vincent team. They do awesome work. So that's exciting to hear that they've worked with you. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's just an incredible group of guys. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's good to be able to have them as a, you know, part of a team. Uh, they normally come here at least like three or four times a year. And we see them also when we go over to Europe, when we used to go to Europe and stuff. So like, um, so yeah, really they do the work and they love it. They dedicate themselves because they want all of us to be healthy. And um, the more healthy we we get, like, you know, the more we, you know, potentially we can be able to bring as many medals as possible. So um, we are really, really like so happy, especially for me, like they got my, you know, my, my, Korea back and uh yeah so it's, it's good it's good that like you know to have those kind of people that you know allow you to continue with your dream that's so awesome okay can we go way back do you have it in you do it okay yeah let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um because I've read your book and know your story but my listeners not all of them do so um Can we go all the way back to you learning about your love for running when you figured that out? And actually, I would just love it if you could explain the story of being in the refugee camp for 10 years and just all of it, because I think it's so important for my listeners to know who you are today. What brought you to this moment? Yeah. um, Yeah, I think we can we can go back. Um, It's it's uh, it's when I when we go back and like really bring a lot of like a better picture why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, so I, I was obviously, I was born in South Sudan in a war-torn South Sudan. And as a young kid, um, you don't know a lot about if, if it is, you know, the war is going on because you have two of amazing people. I can, you know, uh, with you all the time, you know, your parents, your mom, my dad. Um, so they always take care of, take care of us. And we, we live in a very small village. We keep cattle. We keep, um, you know, we grow our crops. And, you know, as a young kid, at six years old, um, I always want to be um, to work and help and my parents, my mom, as much as I can, because I don't want them to, like, leave me in the, in the village by myself and with the other siblings, because, like, you know, I could not be able to do what I they can do as well, because I want to be able to, like, to go out there and get an action and, I get muddy in our farm and, you know, and, and everything. So, yeah, like, occasionally we see the, you know, the planes come in and drop the bombs and we know the, we know the routine. Why, um, you know, when we see the plane, like one of those, you know, uh, antinomes, they call it, uh, they, when they come in you know, to do, normally we run into the hall or something. We go hide, they come and drop their bombs and then they leave. And then we go back to our lives, you know, and we wait for another maybe like seven uh, 70s, 78 minutes or something like that before they come again because they, they go all the way to uh, a nearby town, like, you know, either either like, you know, to go refuel and just like that and they come back again. So uh, so we, we know those kind of like, that's the, our kind of like the war that was happening. Um, you know, the, the, the bombs are dropped and then we continue our own life. And, and growing up and like, it was, it was very, very hard sometimes like to go out and play with the other kids, you know? Or from other villages and like that. What unite us is when we go to the church mm. uh, every Sunday, and um, so Sunday is basically become like a, a reunion uh, time to 
to go and like, you know, you show your Sunday best, whatever you, your parents bought you that day, like the clothing wise. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of clothes, but I only have like, you know, I, I had like a nice t-shirt and shorts. And that's when, you know, you only wear that one when you go to church, you know, obviously, because you got to show everybody. And so, um, and also it's just like another way of, for the, you know, the, uh, the elders and our parents to be able to catch up with the, like what's going on, you know, like it, it's basically, it's, it's a meeting place, it's a church, but it's also a meeting place, bringing people together. And still one one Sunday, um, you know, it was just a typical Sunday, normal Sunday, it was beautiful, sunny as always. Um, I woke up early in the morning as I, I always do because I wanna go to early mass, um, like eight o'clock mass. So I my parents were like, oh, okay, yeah, you can go to the mass right now. And then my older brother, Abraham will stay behind uh, with other with other other our siblings or something. They will go to that later mass, which is ten o'clock. So um, you know, so I woke up. I went with them, and uh, we walked from our village, from basically our homestead village, to the town where where the, the church was. Which is the church is like the, like under the big tree, and um, so yeah, we went in there that morning. We just celebrating and we like worshiping, and we like kids would just go out and running around and doing all kind of like, you know, just do being kids, you know? And, um, yeah, so like it's, uh, it, and then all of a sudden we see the group of soldiers um, storm to this open air church. Uh, first of all, we saw like a lot of trucks coming in and then all of a sudden like soldiers came in and all of a sudden this amazing serene place, place uh, the place of worship, the place of, gathering and community gathering and things like that became chaotic you know a lot of people are crying kids were like crying i was crying and you know the the, the mothers mothers are trying to go rescue what their kids are and things like that my my while the, uh, the the dads and my parents you know my my dad would be like going to like kind of reason with these people like okay not right now like why are we doing this can we sit down and let's let's talk i mean they really wanted to do something very quick and they said we want all the kids um to, 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 you know, to basically, uh, to take, I remember my mom was just like, the moment she heard that, she hold me so tight next to her. And um, so like it's, um, from that point, like we're just coming around, like, you know, everybody was laying down like this and they're all having guns and here this like a jungle of bullets like on their back. And one man just over to me and, and basically yanked me out of my, my mom uh, hands and I remember my mom was just like the eyes was just like oh not my kid not my child you know something like that like I was just kind of confused as as it was dragging me up uh, toward the truck which was we supposed to be going to and and I was like trying to drag my legs or something like that like you know I was so young I was six years old I wasn't I was trying to like you know fight as you know, as much as like the whole energy I I, I had but it, obviously the guy was too strong so. My mom was like running toward me to be able to rescue me and all that. And so it's the soldier like kind of lower his gun and say, one more step, I'll shoot. And um, and as he, he went out and dropped, like I basically uh, throw me into the truck and the truck with the other kids as well. Everybody, kids were crying in there. The bed or the bed of the uh, the truck was very, very hot. And I didn't have my I didn't have shoes on, obviously. And so I was kind of stepping on other kids like feet and to kind of elevate, uh, alleviate the, uh, the burning, which was like, mm -hmm. you know, because it was so, so hot. So, yeah, it was just um, 
And that was basically my, that's when I lost my childhood and um, I lost like, you know, the most important people in my life and um, in a church, the place that is supposed to be so peaceful and, you know, it's, it's a God place. And so, yeah, I, I became basically an orphan. But that particular moment, I, I depended on other kids who were like also kidnapped as well. And so they drove us all the way to this prison, whatever, the, 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 the place that they were training the kids before they go to the, the front line. I, I didn't know how far that was from our village, but like it was just, it seemed like it was very, very far, but you know, because of the roads was like, you know, everything was like, you know, rough roads and like that. So, and you don't know where you go and the canvas, like uh, they, they were covered in the canvas, like uh, the truck was was covered with the canvas. Like you don't know where, where we go. It was just so hot there. Like people are sweating and, you know, and, and obviously like dehydrating and just like that. But I didn't see, I, I mean, you see people like kids, other kids are like sitting down or something like that, but like, I don't know if they pass out or something like that, but like, you know, it was just like, you are there. I was scared at six years old. And so, yeah, like, and they, they, they unload us over there. They, they, they put the, the, the you know, hold, hold on our, our and then we, they march us to this prison. And they throw us to this prison, and um, yeah, so like that's basically this prison is like a small little like a one roof thatched uh, house, like hut, and um, with with the door, no windows, and um, that's we we spent about I don't know how many days there. Um, kids was dying, and you know, and so it yeah, it, it was just like I mean, you you saw it, you, you read it from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, the way I explain it, and it's just, it's just, just incredible to see, like, the only, the problem, like, the only, like, crime we did was we were young, mm. and, and that's why they took us, and they took us, and, and also, like, they were like, oh, what about the six-year-old kid cannot be able to go and hold a K-47 to go to war, therefore, like, we're not going to bring him back to his parents or something like that, we're just going to let him sit here and die mm. so three of my three of my friends uh my basically i didn't they're not my friends but like they knew my brother my older brother they were like they used to be in a plane together or something like that they took care of me and um they said like hey stay with us um if you, you know we'll, we'll take you to your mother again we'll take you to your parents again all right so like i i didn't know their names and all the all i i did was just following what they what they tell me um you know just the if they say let's go this way, we're going this way. If they say left, I go left. You know, so and it was the only way. Like, I I survived. I, the only way I can be able to see my parents through this, uh, through these three boys. And so they were they, they were all yeah. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like, do you think about what would have happened had they not been there? Well, to be honest, like I don't think I could have sit down with you and talk. Uh, you know, like now, I don't think my running career could have been even there. I don't think like, you know, the name Lopez Ramon or could have mm-hmm. been even existing. So mm-hmm. I think um, th- this is exactly why I kept run. I kept doing what I do because um, obviously like, because this kid, this kid saw something in me that like, I can be able to tell the story to, mm-hmm. to do something about it, to, to do something about like what is going on what is what is the situation that a lot of kids going right going through right now you know and you know i was a lucky one you know I, why was i lucky what, what why did they like spare me you know to like to allow me to to be you know to 
come to Kenya and then from Kenya, like give me all that thing. I think to me, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian person. I think um, they were indeed angels because I didn't know their names, you know, and they were basically came to me and they rescued me. They brought me all the way to, all the way to Kenya. And then after was, they saw me, I was a little bit comfortable and I met some friends with the Kenyan kids and other kids from the, of the, in, a, in a camp. They disappeared. All of them, they disappeared. Disappeared. Gone. Yeah, gone completely. And even until even, I'm still searching for them, mm. you know, and I'm, I'm still searching for them. And I, um, you know, I think for me to do, you know, to be able to like, to, to kind of like, uh, to celebrate their bravery, to celebrate like what they did to me is, is to continue what, do, doing what I do. And then to also um, do the, the work outside the running to help them. You know, that's why my foundation came in. That's why I'm, 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 I'm trying to like, you know, tell the story that like, it's not my story, it's their story too. It's the story of the struggle of everybody. And, um, you know, to like, we don't want other kids to be able to like, just uh, be alone. You know, we always have to be with somebody to help that person to give, you know, to give that person a lot of strength and the way they did to me. And um, yeah, so. That, that's that's why I do what I do. It's yeah, it's it's crazy what you went through with those boys, and um, I don't remember if you said it, but just for everybody listening, they you they escaped, and then you were you were picked up again by by were they Kenyan soldiers, but they were people mm-hmm. that were not wanting to harm you right. when you got taken to yeah. the refugee camp that you then lived in right. for ten years. Correct, correct. Yeah, so I, we basically ran for three days, three nights. And uh, along the way, they, you know, these boys were like taking care of me. They were only 14, 15 year old kids. They were the kids, you know? Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, and we just ran. We just ran away. Like, you know, we, we just, we didn't know where we're going. We just trying to run as far away, away from the, those bad guys. And, um, you know, along the way, there was some like just water waiting for us. And they, Two of them will, t- will watch me the whole time. The other one, the, one, the other one, going to like drink the water and then fetch the water for themselves. And then they will, they will use this big leaf to be able to bring some water for me. And um, and then they alternate. Two of them always have to watch me over like the whole time. And then we go out, we, we go through this savanna. And obviously, you know, like it's Africa, like you know, like there's a lot of wild animals. There's a lot of water. Like there's not a lot of food going on there, but there was just berries, some fruits. There was no lions along the way, and we trying to like run, uh, do our like track like when it's dark, and then during the day we try to like find a little bit of mm-hmm. forest place because we don't want to be like you know uh, seen. Mm-hmm. And um, when we are sleeping, we sleeping facing where we going because we didn't know we don't know what direction we need to go because you don't want to be going around circle and then you go toward the bad guys. And we just we did, we thought maybe we go to our, our village, but we are completely going wrong direction toward Kenya. And uh, as we were just so like, you know, obviously, but other, for after three days, my legs were like swollen and every everybody like, was just like there was scratches everywhere. We, I don't think we, we had any energy to continue. We sat down and all of a sudden we see these soldiers came in and they were all wearing different uniform and like a little friendlier, speaking different language. And um, this is when we 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 knew that like, we we crossed the border, the Kenyan border, and they took us to the uh, the camp where a lot of refugees kids were like 
assembled before we, they take us to the uh, Kakuma refugee camp, uh, where we spent 10 years all, of, of our, our time there. 10 years. Do you think you'd recognize those boys? I mean, obviously they're men now, but would you recognize them today? Well, I, I, I think, I hope, maybe not facial recognition, but I think there is always that connection. I think, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't, like, I just want them to be able to come back to me and say, we were the one who rescued you, mm-hmm. you know? And with all the names, like, you know, uh, of, of me, and I've been, go, I've been, you know, I've been home, I went to the village, I asked these kids, like, nobody even know them, mm-hmm. you know? And I've been there, I went there in 2007 when uh, HBO took me there. We did a documentary with the real um, That's when I went and did the whole investigation. Do we know guys, the three boys, you know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, nobody nobody basically, you know, knew them. And so maybe they went back like, you know, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Hmm. So... Wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll, re- I'll recognize them, but like, like to me, they were big. They were big enough. Like I was just everything. Like you know, when you're six years old and you see somebody who's like, you know, and <laughs> like a half of your age, like everybody's like big, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Six is so, it's so young. My oldest son is eight, and I think he was seven when I was reading the book, and I just was I can't. I can't even imagine there's, you know, you're such a little innocent human being just going through that. Um, okay. So you live in the refugee camp for 10 years and discover your love for running. You get to realize that it's actually an Olympic sport and, and all this crazy stuff. And, um, you end up coming over to the United States. So I, the story of you figuring out how to write the letter and translate it to English. I mean, the whole thing, it's like your story is just so full of tenacity. Like, what is it? What is it about you that you think you were one of the kids that kind of just always wanted something better and always wanted to do the extra step to get to a better life? Where does that come from? Is it your parents? Yeah, I, I think I'll probably say me being like always trying to challenge myself because I, I didn't I didn't I didn't want to like a young age uh my tender young age to be something that restrict me from doing things that my parents will do you know as I say like I always be I was the first one to wake up I'm always awake like when when my parents wake up I'm awake, awake as well I want, I want to see everything that they are doing because I want to like I want to be. I want to be like my dad when I when I grow up. I want to go and work in the field. I want to see like, you know, when I'm like cultivating our land or when we are sowing the, uh, you know, the seed and see the seed germinate and things like that. Like, I, I want to be. The, I want to see the whole process how that works. How how they work. Like, you know, the food we we eat on the table. I, I want to see how it's made. You know, and um, sometimes they're like, oh yeah, you're too young to do this. I was like, no, no, no I, I I can still do it. I can maybe I can go the water for you maybe i can be able to like be there and i can sing some songs or i can run around it you know and just something that like it allowed me to be in action i don't want to be missing action mm. and um yeah so and then obviously in in 2000 uh there was olympics which was happening in sydney and um 
I didn't know what the Olympics is. Obviously, like we were in north, uh, northeastern, not uh, northeast, northwestern part of Kenya, which is in a desert, basically where the Kakuma is. And um, you know, there's a lot of run, like a lot of runners in Kenya. Obviously, they're all living in like Nairobi, Eldoret, and Ted, and all these things. Like you know, and because we don't have any like like a way to see the world, we didn't have any TV or something. We like we we thought running was not a sport. You know, the sport was like, you know, soccer, like we, you know, the way we, we play soccer, we play like everybody, when you can when you score the goal, like you're like, oh, you're celebrated, you're so good. And, you know, so, um, so like, and, um, and then because like soccer is only have like 22 people playing at the same time. So the, the older boys were saying like, well, we need to get, you know, we need to run this 18 kilometers around the camp. And then when you run fast enough, you can be able to go play soccer. But anyway, to fast forward that, um, in 2000, I was 15, and um, there was Olympics going on. And a lot of, you know, the, somehow there is a, you know, message was traveling around. Like, this is when no Facebook and no, mm. you know, social media or something. Somehow, like, the, just the, the story, you know, the message go around, the, you know, the camp. And um, my... My 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 family in my tent, they were like, "Oh, we need to go to this uh, Kenyan man house uh, with a TV so we can watch the Olympics." But you try again. You try to get away. You try to be active as much as you can. Get away from the, the you know the tent, like because we'll be tempted to eat something because we only eat at midnight, uh, one meal a day, and then and then we, we sleep. You know, so and every anything that allows you to get out of it get out of the, the tent uh we living we live in the, you go so i was like yeah okay let's let's do it it was like five miles away from our from our uh camp and we walk and walk we were talking about this olympic thing or something like that we didn't, I, I was i thought maybe we just go see this olympic thing in this kenyan man house and then we're oh this olympic kind of like a thing and then we come back right so so we go in with you know, the older boys knock at the door of them of this Kenyan man uh, house and 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 they open the doors like what do you guys want and we're like well we, we need to they, we would like to come and see the Olympics which, which by the way he had a TV a small TV screen like operated by car battery black and white and um he said he reached out and said it's gonna cost you five 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 shillings and I had a five shillings in my pocket that I was working previous. Uh, a time to kind of what I was earning. It's a lot of money back then. Five shillings about like maybe a cent or something, uh, American dollars. So, and I reached out to that five shillings and I gave it to him. And um, because I, I didn't have any shoes, I didn't have any like good clothes, like the men reached out, like pointed at me, it's like you, you, you know, the dirty one, like you, I don't want you to sit on my, on my couch. You sit on the floor. So that was my opportunity to go so close to to the TV, uh, uh -huh. I got to see the TV. I was sitting right in front of this TV, and and um, so I was I was just watching. The thing was going on was like Michael Johnson running 400 meters, and um, the man ran so good just by running. It was like I was just looking. I was like, man, kind of reminded me of like how we ran when I was running for my life, mm. you know. But he was running with a pure joy, you know. He was just running for something bigger than himself. And he was running for his 
country, you know, it was because like even black and white, you can, you can see USA on his chest. And um, so he, he finished the race, he won the race, his hands was going like this, wide, and then, uh, you know, with, with celebration. And um, so it was, he went in and he, he got on a podium and um, he got his gold medal, which I it was it's supposed to be a winner. I saw a lot of people were like taking pictures and all this, everything was like, like go like this. I'm like, man, this is so good. Like people are like celebrating. I didn't know like running was a sport. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, and um, while the man was on the podium getting his medal and then national anthem was played, there was a tear when, you know, came down his, um, his face. And, and I'm looking at there, I was like, why, why did he cry? Mm -hmm. He just won. Why did he cry? You know, in my village, like, you know, men don't, like, people don't show mm. their emotions, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. You don't, you, you don't show, like, if you're crying or all this thing, you, like, what, what, why? Why did he, like, he just, it was just something, like, I couldn't answer. So, and, uh, like, basically running is ended, and, and the boys who I came with, uh, they had another, another money in their pockets or something, and, um, they wanted to go watch the soccer, so I was kicked out. Mm. So because I didn't have any money, so nobody wanted to spot me to watch ninety minutes of soccer. I was like, get kicked out. So at night, I was, I walked all. I tried to walk all the way to, to my to the village, but five miles, was five miles away, and um, eight, you know, and I started like jogging a little bit, you know, I started jogging, you know, the, the whole, the whole like, you know, Michael Johnson was like in my head. You know, started jogging, started running faster and faster and faster and faster. And that's one moment I was like, I basically told myself, I want to, I want to run as fast as I guy for that country one day. Mm. And that's when my, that's when my love for running became, became, and like, it just, it was just a dream that like, because he inspired me. He, he was doing something bigger than himself. Like he was running, was using his own energy and uh, you don't need to like, to play with other 10 other guys to with a soccer passing and somebody else is waiting in a, in a bench. Running is just for everybody. Anybody can just go in and run, you know, and, and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful sport. It's a, like inclusive sport. Everybody can be able to do it with your own strength, you know? And, and that's when I, the reflection, um, yeah, that's when the reflection of my, um, of my, you know, like my journey, became to became that like I need to continue with this and I want to be able to like to to like hopefully um do this for to inspire other people and when I came to this country when I came to this country I was like okay this is the this is the time like I need to be able to like to do this and uh to give back thanks to the people of, of America for allowing me to do uh, to represent them this way, and that and that's what uh, gave me that hope and drive to keep doing what I do, um, to uh, you know, to to continue doing this and celebrate the the uh, the beauty of sport of running. Let me ask you this: When you uh, saw Michael Johnson on the TV and you said, "I want to do what that guy's doing, run that fast for that country one day," what you're 15? What did you even know about the United States at that point? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, not, not much, not much. I, I, I know, I know that like, because, 
Um, every food we, we are getting from uh, distribution, uh, every like anything uh, we are getting has a flag on it, mm-hmm. have American flag on it. Okay. And uh, so the, the, you know, the corn, which was we are distributing the, uh, the cooking oil, which were, we were getting salt and this like that. Like I just knew like America was like next to heaven, mm. you know, and because when when the help comes, it always come with that flag on it. Mm. We didn't know we didn't have any flag in a in a Kakuma refugee camp for like we were just basically like a, a refugees, which we don't have any a country, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I, I I was just when I saw Michael Johnson wearing that uh, USA, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a country that that we we get um we get a help from, and I want to run a process guy for that country one day. That was my. Okay. Wow. Yeah. At the refugee camp, explain to everybody, like, was anybody like when you got food brought to you and you had the flag on it, who were the people bringing the food and did you interact with them? Did you talk to them? Were there, was there someone always stationed there? What did that look like? Yeah. So th- there is, um, th- there is a, a UN compound, um, the, you know, and so the, basically that is, you know, we, we, we know that we, we you know, uh, we don't interact with them that much mm-hmm. because they, they come in, they go to the camp, they go to the U.S. compound. And um, and and then after 45 days, we, we got this, you know, cars will come in to distribute in every section of because like the camp is so big, you know, house like so many people from all over, like, you know, Ugandans, uh, Somalians and Ethiopians and and the uh, the the Congo, Congo and all that. And so, so many, like every, like around, around that time, there was just, there was a lot of like wars going on, Rwanda mm-hmm. were coming in. And um, so, and the, the cars will come in and they go to our group. You know, our group was called 58, group 58. That's what I was, we were living. And then other group 10 and all the, all the other groups and every 45 days. And so we got, I, I got my rationing and then we have to combine with the 10 other group. We have to be in 10. Uh, because if you combine my rationing with the other kids, we'll be able to add up a little bit, and we eat one meal a day, right? So we tried to like um, ration this food in all the way for 45 days. And one day, which is on Tuesday, is the only day that we don't eat. Mm. So that that's when the UN, the people in the UN, and uh, you know, mostly like you know white white people, you know, with other people like you know, just like. We think, I think it's Americans, mm. you know, that's what I'm thinking. So, because the people who give us this food with a flag on it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's when they they throw away their garbage, you know, it's a garbage day. So that we, the man, one guy will be like, you know, will we'll bring this garbage with a Woolboro and we can hear the Woolboro come in from the UN compound. We're like, that is our food. Mm. And then we'll, we'll come in and dump it in this uh, pit. They're supposed to like, you know, Bernie or something like that. And we, we just wait there and we, that's when we eat our meal. That was the best day. And we, we fight for everything. We, you know, we eat like even banana peels and anything, anything that is there. That is our, that's our meal for the day. And then that day we don't eat. Do you, like you've lived in the United States for a long time now. Do you still, do you struggle with seeing people waste food to this day? Does it bother well, you? Well, you know, 
Well, well, yeah, but also like I, 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 you can also know that like, you know, they don't know, you know, mm-hmm. I, and it, you know, if you, if you are born, uh, you know, you never like struggle and you never like struggle for like a small little thing, like, you know, the clean, clean water, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, buying a medicine, you know, what do you go to like, you know, getting aspirin or getting food and, you know, any, anything that you need is there. Right. Right. But, but you, like for me, because like I live in basically two sides of coin, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. I know the importance of like, um, enjoying what you have because a lot of people don't have mm-hmm. and uh, especially people who are in, you know coming from the war zone and you know people were like you know uh struggling even right now like even in even in this country there's a lot of like poverty going on mm-hmm. and so yeah it's it's, it's very hard sometimes to, to see like people wasting um you know what they what they have you know and you know because while other people just nearby they're like probably still struggling instead of like getting that food and give it to maybe like food bank or something like that to to give to the people that they might need you know so yeah i i don't i don't waste food at all because i i know i used to fight for that food the garbage i used to eat the garbage mm. one day a week and and um so i, I know i know what that is but it's very hard to like kind of tell somebody like okay don't waste the food because there's a lot of things that say like okay don't don't waste your food you know like kids in africa you know like you know it's, it's, that statement is quite true you know and it's you know it, it, there's a lot of like um kids are like dying because of hunger you know mm-hmm. and uh especially in the in, in the refugee camps and you know all over the world right now Hey friends, I'm going to take a quick break here with Lopez and thank a sponsor for this podcast and that is Curex. Curex is the leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support. What I love about Curex is you get on their website and you fill out your own profile. So the orthotic is fit for your foot. It provides cushion and it has a thin, low profile while still delivering maximum support and comfort. They offer a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. I have really high arches and I need that extra support, so Curex is the perfect answer for me because I was able to fill out a profile on their website where the specific orthotic sent to me is just for my high arched feet. They are comfortable and I have felt supported on my runs in that arch area where I really need the support. Um, You all can try them out and save 15% when you go to curex.us and use the code IHA15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's curex.us. Use the code IHA15 for 15% off your order. All right, and if you are enjoying this episode with Lopez, there is some extra content over on Patreon with him. Uh, We talk about the Breaking 2 project a little bit and a couple of other things over for Patreon supporters. So when you go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine, you can get access to that, and that'll be available today. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Lopez Lamong. Okay, so y'all listening are going to have to go get the book because there's so many more pieces to the story and little side stories in here from 
Lopez's time at the refugee camp and when he came to the United States, but um, you did come to the United States and were adopted by a wonderful family. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of the story? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I think um, I'll go back to the day when I first walked in on it to the plane, you know, um, it was, first of all, it was like, it was beautiful to like, to be, to be select, to be selected to like, to come to America, you know? And uh, I was like, oh, I was so excited. Everything's going to be good. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to work very hard. I'm going to send some money to my, my brothers, you know, to be able to buy some food, no more eating garbage. You know, I, I, I had a lot of like dream optimistic, like things like, I just thought like, okay, just if you drop me to America right now, like I, I was 16 years old. I want to go straight and look for a job, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when I look for the job, I don't care what kind of job, as long as I, I can be able to like send the money to the people who are still struggling, which I, I, I left behind, you know, all my friends were coming to, you know, like they were like, Hey, we're so happy for you. Like when you go there, like, you know, it was just like, you know, kind of like, to, to build into that before before I, I bought that play, you know, uh, in a week. So I, after like, as the week getting closer, I'm getting ready. Like, I, first of all, I was like, I don't have clothes. Mm. What am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I, I don't think I can walk barefoot to America, you know? And um, so they, the way they taught, they, they taught, they taught uh, like, a, they basically teach us on how to, assimilate into American lifestyles so like that. We have this thing like um, orientation classes, like, you know, uh, before we, we, we left and how to look for a job, how to cross the road, how to like do all kinds of stuff. And, and then obviously like there was a big presentation about snow, you know, people mm-hmm. brought like a big ice uh, and, um, you know, and we'll sit in the pool, we'll all sit like kind of in class. And we are passing through this ice, like, you know, you're holding the ice, like, okay, this is how cold the snow is, you know, when it's snowing, it's cold. And then we're like, okay, pass it along. But I'm like, okay. So in my mind, I thought that that is a snow. Then snow is just a thing that you go see in a zoo or something. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you go back and, uh, and you go, you know, you go your merry way or whatever. Like, and, and so, and the day I went, I, I was getting ready. I got, I had my shoes. I had my uh, pants, uh, shirt. That's it. I didn't, it was like a t-shirt or something. And I didn't have any jacket. It was like, you know, obviously I didn't know like the plane is going to, it's going to take a lot of hours and cold up there. So that's all I, I, I own. So I, I, I went in, I was like excited. I, I get on, on, on this bus to go to the airport. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, like, I, I got this little nervousness, like, what am I supposed to do there? Like, what about if you don't know the language? What about, like, how am I, like, who, who, how am I supposed to even live? Like, well, well, you know? But again, I was like, my heart went back and said, like, you know what? You are going to the most beautiful country on earth. You, If you work hard, you continue doing what you do, you will be okay. And remember, Last year, um, Michael Johnson, mm. when he ran, remember? And, and then I, I got that like energy. I was like, I was so composed. I was like, I'm, re- I'm ready to go. So 
I got my little bag, like in there is like a little paperwork that I had or something like that. I was told not to open. I walked to this plane and I sat on a plane, huge plane, 747. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and so many people there and everything by myself. I was just, I, 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 you, I, you go to the ticket, you know, the, um, you know, flight attendants come in and I show you what it, what it seat is. I sat down and put my seat belt and I sat there. I, I didn't even move or something like that. I hold this, I hold this bag. So, and I'm like, wow, we're going to drive to America. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't know that this thing can fly. So I sat there, I was like looking around, looking like everything, like, it's just like huge house with a lot of people. And, and I don't know, I don't speak their language. I'm just sitting here, just like, I don't have anybody to share this incredible moment with, mm. you know, and how this, like, was just, and all of a sudden, like, the plane took off and we just, we, we, like, you know, it was just amazing. Like, I'm trying to, like, look, because I was right in the middle, I was trying to look at, mm-hmm. you know, the farthest, the window to see where, you know, and especially when we are making some turns and we can, you can see a little, like, small little mm-hmm. lights or something like that. Like, oh, wow, this is this is Africa or whatever. Like, and then, so we took off. We went to Cairo, Cairo, China, uh, Beijing, China, to JFK. I was so tired. And then they were bringing some food. I said no, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want any food, and uh, because I didn't have any money in me, because sometimes mm-hmm. they give you the food and then they come back, they say they uh, pay, pay us or something, and uh, that, that is something like they didn't teach us in orientation that you can eat food they give you on the plane. Oh, they, yeah. they didn't give, yeah. So, so I was like sitting there and it's like, oh man, this is, you know, uh, I'm hungry, but I don't know, I don't know what what to do, but you know, but at least I'm going to America, you know, so. When we get to Beijing, they were like, they call somebody like this kid is not, you know, the mm. kid's sitting here like on on seat number so and so, like he's not eating. And then people were like, hey, just give him food, and um, they brought brought me some food. They like they basically open the tray and they put it there. So like eat, you know, <laughs> and and the, and the person who were next to me was like, it's okay, just eat, 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 it's okay, and and I just ate everything, <laughs> butter. You know anything that was except the salad, <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew salad. It was like okay, I don't want to eat salad because it's a rabbit food. You know, like that's what rabbit. You know, like yeah. I, I want my food to be cooked. You know, not uh-huh. eat raw, in my mind. You know, at that at that time, and um, so and they they brought some also like I started eating, and then my my neighbor also gave me some uh, uh, gave me some bread. Uh, they they, knew, they didn't want to finish. I ate that one too, and and I was I was trying to sleep, and I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to miss anything. I, I I was trying to sleep maybe for five minutes, and then I wake up. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking everywhere, and people are just sleeping. They, we went we went from dark to day, day to dark, like everywhere. Like, I was like confused. So anyway, I, we arrived in JFK, and then I took a flight to Syracuse, and um, um, a smaller plane and my parents at the, at the time, like they used to, people come to the gate and wait for mm-hmm. you in the gate, you know? And this is like 2001, you know, July, I arrived in July, uh, oh, yeah. July 31st, 2001. And, um, so mm-hmm, yeah, before nine eleven, Yeah. So my parents came over, like, you know, they greeted me, they were big signed. I say, welcome home. Nobody ever told me about that. Like say, welcome home ever. Like, except my parents when I was young, obviously. And um, so my parents took me and we went, like they said, 
I didn't I didn't have a lot of English or something like that. So like, do you have any do you have any um uh, bag? And I say yes. We went to the carousel. We waited for the carousel to stop, <laughs> and I they say back no. And then my my dad look at the um you know look at the ticket. I didn't I didn't check any back. Mm. So they went out. They pulled out the car, and and um I got out in the car, and so it's just incredible. Like just for them, maybe like like oh oh this is gonna be a hard you know, but um they were willing to like to help me in every step. So that we drove. And they asked me like if I'm hungry, and I say yes. Obviously, the word is yes because I didn't know like you know it's a polite way to say, it, but because I I didn't know how to express myself, you know, and I didn't want to like say something that maybe they would take me back to Kaukakum refugee camp or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just yeah. <laughs> so I um, we pulled out and we went to the uh, the uh, McDonald's like you know they got to. Uh, Older there and um, welcome to McDonald's. Welcome to America. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like right on a ramp, like uh-huh. the, uh, Route A one, you know, like you know Syracuse Route A one, and over there, like so we can go to our place. So we we got we got the chicken, and I was like, they like they ordered something for themselves too as well, just to keep me like you know a company so I can eat and. And so I was like, I thought maybe this chicken was supposed to be shared by all of us, three oh. of us, you know. And uh, because that's what I'm used to. We only eat chick twice, you know, chicken twice a year, and, uh, you know, Christmas and Easter in in a camp. And um, and they were like, oh, this is only for you. And I and I was like, obviously, I didn't have enough appetite to eat. And I they said, oh, you can throw that away. We have a lot of food. And I said, like, I'll, I'll bring this one, you know. I brought it home. And so they were just like, they they rush in there because they want to show me a lot of things. You know, they were like so many things like in our in our in our house. You know, outside there was bikes. Like, okay, this is your bike. This is soccer ball. This is like a basketball court. You know, we we just going so, like so fast. Like I was like, I'm like yes 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 yes. I'm, like <laughs> I was t- I'm so tired. And um, so we went to the house and you know they showed me showed me my bedroom and a, and a bathroom like that. That's it. Like basically like. Is something that you will, somebody who knows about these things will be like, oh, okay, sounds good. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's my bed. You know, that, you know, that's my the bathroom to go and whatever. And they didn't know how much I, I knew. So, and, um, so that, that first night I didn't, I didn't, I didn't switch the, 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 the lights, you know, off or something because I didn't know how to. And, um, they were just like looking like what's going on, like <laughs> the lights still on, you know? Is he okay? Is he scared? <laughs> you know, and um, I slept in the bed for the first first time, and it was uncomfortable and all these things. But like you know, I, I just just like obviously like, I was so tired, I just slept, and um, so in uh, so like my my in the morning, the work I woke up and they're like, hey, are you are you okay? Everything's okay. I was like, yep. We went downstairs. We got some breakfast. And and they were like, yeah, we need to go to Home Depot. We're gonna get you some dimmer light because we left we left the light on. And so and they came they came in and, and turned the light off and they got me a little like side lamp, a little dimmer one. And uh, that night, this, the, the next night, I slept with that on as well. And <laughs> so so uh, it, it, so it was like kind of like to fast forward everything. Like it was just like a lot of things I'm trying to learn by myself. You know, like also like trying to figure it out like I don't want to ask a lot of questions or something like that because I, I I wasn't comfortable enough to to ask some questions in English or something like that and so I was going to take shower and like 
you know, the water was so, so cold, very, very cold, <laughs> you know, extremely cold. I was going in and out of the shower and, um, and it was like, and I was like, man, this is not, this is not good. It's not even like, sometimes when you like putting like soap and you, you know, you, you, you get in, you're like, oh, quick, quick, and then get out. Uh-huh. And then you go in, you gotta get, get out. And like, and, and, I, and I was like, maybe this is the reason why my parents are white because they take a shower with the cold, cold water. That's why their skin <laughs> turned into the white, you know? <laughs> so I, uh, I was like, man, no, no way. I, I don't want to be white. If this, is the, this is the way to do it. So I, I, I went downstairs and I put a big pot and I just like, I boiled the water to go sh- shower with it, you know? And uh, my dad came up and was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, boiling water. By that particular moment, I was just trying to die. I kind of get, started getting a little bit, you know, you know, questions. Because they were asking a lot of questions. Because they, they, they basically knew that I'm not going to ask them a lot of questions, you know. So I was like, the water's cold and all these things. And they're like, you know, there's a hot water there too, you know. Like, they were like, oh, they're like, oh, let me show you. We went upstairs and. And it, it turned, it turned it, you know, water on, and then that was cold, and then it gets to the warm and lukewarm, and all these things. And and I knew exactly where the lukewarm thing is. I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't want to switch it. I just pulled the thing and I shower like with that, and then <laughs> put it right back in. I didn't want to do anything to it. And um, so yeah, so like um, you know, it, I remember after that, after like a month or so, uh, after like, you know, we went. We went out and we get some clothing. We get some books. You know, I, I thought to me, like, I was going to go to work, you know. And um, But to them, I was like, you know, 16 years old. I need to go to school. I need mm-hmm. to go to high school. So they, they got me some backpack, crayons and pens and pencils, things that I didn't even know I didn't have in my life. And, you know, certain paper, like, I can be able to write my thoughts and, you know, to express myself or something like that. But mostly, most importantly, I am going to school. You know, this is something like I've been, um, you know, dying to do. You know, I want to go to school so I can do good things. And, you know, and um, so, yeah, like September uh, after Labor Day, I think, wasn't it Labor Day or like Memorial Day? Something like, like I, I basically on September, like when the school is open, I went to school and uh, that's when my, uh, like, I started running cross country for my, for my team. And, um, I started learning a lot, of, like English and you know everything, you know, because like, I went from watching cartoons every every like every weekend to get my English going, uh-huh. kind of like sarcastic, sarcasm or something like that. To like now, like I got a lot of my friends. I met a lot of friends, like you know, to you know, um, you know, kind of like to converse with, kind of like you know, and uh, taught me a lot of English and this like that, and you know, started running cross country together. We we you know and. And it brought me that memory again to like, you know, um, Michael Johnson running and, you know, I basically went to my coach and said, I want to go to Olympic one day. And, and it was like, okay. <laughs> and, and, and that was something like I wanted to like work on and I want to like, you know, and so that was my dream from the beginning and I worked on it and then, yeah. So uh, I was really like to, to kind of conclude this is like, you know, going to the stores, um, with my mom and you know to shop and it's like incredible to see how much food was um you know like the whole aisle was a cat food and dog food mm. you know and i was like what's going on you know like you know like like people have like dog food in like in the stores like yep and then you, you <laughs> see like a hundred 
you know, I don't know, like so many different like uh, version of like, you know, the uh, cereal, you know, mm-hmm. like milk, you know, all different kinds. Like I was like, wow. So America is uh, is also a country of options. <laughs> yes, you can, you can you can select a lot of things. <laughs> Too many options. My gosh. Right. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it can be stressful. There's so many options. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Was it w- so weird running in shoes when you first started? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think uh, they made me a little slower. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a different thing because, like, I, I like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you ever, like, ran barefoot, like, something like that. I think it's completely opposite. Yeah. When you first run barefoot, like, you're, like, you're not comfortable in like where you're landing and all these things but for me I felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. running with the shoes because I am not connecting with the ground mm-hmm. you know and like when when I was like you know in the car coma or something like that, everything like basically you're running with a barefoot or something like that like I don't even have to look on what I'm 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 you know I'm landing my where my feet is landing is automatically basically like it's connecting mm. you know there is nothing like to to, to I, I basically my feet trust I, I trust my feet so much and then when I came and learned how to run with shoes because it's a law in in the state of New York so you have to run mm. with shoes mm-hmm. and I was like oh this is not good so like I was like very I was like oh, what what if I am not you I'm not trusting I'm not trusting my the shoes very much and therefore, like, what is like the power hole or something like that? Like, you know, like it was just so hard. Like, I started like looking down, you know, to where I'm landing, and you know, where where like I'm 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 like lifting my legs, kicking very very hard or something like that. And then, few few months later, I I, I don't think I you know I become so good with the shoes and and um and I don't think I can run barefoot again. So yeah, I was gonna say, I, do you do you like taking your shoes off and doing strides or anything, or are you just over it well sometimes when it, especially like in the grass like uh you know uh when it's grass like a grass uh yeah. area, like yeah I, I i do but and also like maybe the beach I, I i can do that but like not in a marum the way i used to or like in a dirt road or like you know or like um or the the road or something like that so like yeah it's um it's completely different thing right now because yeah it's, it's very very good for you to like to do to do strides with barefoot or something like that is it's very very good for your like you know the joints and you know uh, your your uh, ankles and things like that. Mm. But I, that is something like I I like to incorporate when I'm off season. I I go do all these like walking drills or like you know barefoot or something like that to allow that um, uh, leg you know basically like uh, to get stronger. So we won't. Um get into it too much but you go on to win a couple ncaa titles you get third in cross country at ncaa's you're a two-time olympian now i think one of the coolest stories from the book and that that i've read is is when you were the flag bearer for the united states can you talk about that a little bit yeah um it it, it was a beautiful thing and i mean obviously this is the only the only country that can be able to allow that to happen is u.s you know, I don't think any country could be able to um, say a kid who, you know, never even won anything and doesn't have like any medals, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, allow, we can allow that person to like to be a fly bear, you know, even to be in a contention of, to be selected to be a fly bear, 
And uh, so, yeah, in, we were in Dalian and um, in our training camp before the uh, opening ceremony on the 8th of, you know, uh, of August. And so we were there, like, and everything. We have to select our team captains and, you know, like a candidate for the fly bearer and all these things. And and uh, my team basically are, like, overwhelmingly selected me to be, to be a candidate. And then so my name went on to... Uh, to be to IOC to uh, uh, USOC to select uh, who's gonna be a fly bearer, and um, so with other different sports and like that, and and yeah, they selected me the second round, and um, I remember they came back to me and they were like, "Yep, don't tell anybody, but you are you are going to be uh, this year a fly bearer," and um, and I was like, "Oh, what is that? Like it's like basically like you're gonna be in front." And billions eyes gonna look at you, mm. and like the whole team USA will follow you. Mm. And uh, I was like, "Wow, this is so incredible!" Like, you know, and it's something like you you only do you only get once every four years. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you go to Olympics or World Championship, there is a lot of people will have like you have three options of like getting gold, silver, and bronze. You can bring a medal back home, but you only have one fly bear mm-hmm. and that is something like I, I, I one day i will maybe write another book about just being a fly bear <laughs> and so it yeah it, it was so beautiful because i we went to this uh kind of like a holding area and uh it, while like they were doing like alphabets or something to, to walk to the bird nest or something and and obviously i was the guy i was like looking good i had my hat on i got my suit you know, it was it was great, and um, and so and we were in this holding area, and all of a sudden we see all these people coming in, and like you know, and um, you know, like Secret Service, like with all these things in the ears, and uh, it was the president, uh, President Bush was uh, coming to like give us a little pep talk, and you know, get us excited, and uh, it was it was so great. I was like, he went out, he looked for me. I was, took a, I took a picture with him, and like. Literally, like he came back and shook my hand and looked me like I'm like I was about to like faint. Like I'm <laughs> getting love. I was seen. I'm greeted by the most powerful man in the world. And like eight years ago, I was just nobody, mm. you know. But now I am like taking a picture with the president of the United States, and uh, they are uh, taking a picture with the first lady of the United States and the uh the, the first uh bush president you know and uh the, the senior as well he was he was there i was like that is so incredible and um so i was so so proud and i was so proud to carry that flag because the flag that i've been looking for for a long time i've been searching for for a long long time from that point you know i i became an american i became an american i became i carry my flag with a pride that this is a country that gave me hope and gave me opportunity, and I'm going to represent it to my fullest. And um, and it's 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 only the it's a flag that I was I was given to also carry to represent to tell other kids all over the world. If you dream and you put your dream, and you keep working on it. You ask a lot of questions. There is no stupid questions. Just you consistently like if you want to do it, you can do it because I did it. 
you know, and I want to be able to like tell the, the the kids in refugee camp, like, you know, the orphans and out there, like, like, yeah, you don't probably you don't have your family physically there, but like, the world is looking at you. I want you to just dream the way, the way you wanna you wanna live your life when you grow up, and uh, everything everything else is gonna take care of because I did it, you know, Lopez did it, and uh, so I remember it, it, it just felt like. In that opening ceremony, it felt like I, everything I've been look, I've been searching for, all the blessings, all the like the 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 the, the, the uh, prayers, and all the pain and you know despair and you know everything that I like like I was going through and all the the, the dead bodies that like I I helped I buried from my my brothers in a Kakuma refugee camp and and all over. It came to a realization like this is why um, people like you, you, human beings are amazing people, you know. And and my dream came true because because of all those people who supported me, allowed me to do what I what, what I can be able to do, you know. My coaches in high school, my teachers, my parents, you know, and everybody who were there, they are all lifting me to where I am today, you know, and. And so my fans and, you know, everybody, you cannot do this by yourself. You have to ask questions. You have to, you know, and, and trust. If you go through some injuries or something like that, you understand that, like, it's just part of the uh, pro- pro- process. And, you know, at the end, you'll, you'll overcome that and you'll, you'll do amazing. And don't, don't let small little things to, to, you know, to, 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 to get you lose that hope. You know, and that fight in you, and uh, so that's why I that's that's where I learned when I carried that flag in opening ceremony in 2008, and uh, and to continue inspiring, you know, to continue doing what I do right now. As as 35 years old right now, I am I'm continuing with that too because like I want people to not you cannot limit yourself to what you can do. The only thing you can limit. The only thing that can limit yourself is you, yourself. You know, you have to push yourself. You have to dream big. Like, you know, have all these amazing things. Like, you know, like take care of yourself. And um, everything else will, will come to fruition. Yeah, when you were in that moment, did it feel like you were in a movie? And did you think back to, like, the camp and wonder, I wonder if some of those kids are sneaking into that farmer's house watching the Olympics right now. Yeah, I think um, the, I mean, the first thing I did was like in 2007 when I went back to uh, with, to visit my family for the first time when I united with my mom, my dad, and my brothers. And what I did was, before even like, before 2008 happens, I mm. went back and I said, I need I'm gonna buy you a color like a like a color TV. Mm. I want you to watch me on 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 the Olympics one one in two, next year. I didn't know I'm gonna make it. Yeah, but a dream, you uh-huh. know, uh-huh. a dream. So I bought the TV for the for them. You know, they they they're in their little small house, and um, the TV was on, and I knew I when I waving. I was speaking directly to my mom. Mm. You know, I was mm-hmm. speaking directly to my, my mom in in Kenya and speaking directly to my mom 
in 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 US mm. because because of all these people these incredible people they were the one gave me that hope mm. to to go forward so i i i i know one like i know probably what kid over there like somewhere watched me and said with all the story that i went through mm-hmm. like that is probably like said hey that's my story too and i want i want to i want to fight i want to do what it, what he did i want to be able to get to where what, you know where he is because i see this all the time in my social media people still you know ask me a lot of questions and like that like you know like like how did you do it and all these things because i always sit down and i really tell them uh you know either through inbox or something like that and i say hey don't limit yourself to anything like you 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 dream about you can do anything you put your mind into it so i'm curious what your uh, relationship, like how do you in your heart, in your mind, um, keep your American mom and your mom from Sudan? Like how do you, they're both your mom. So like, how do you handle all that? And what, how do they mean different things to you and all that? Well, I, I think I'm the luckiest person uh, on earth to have two moms, you know, when you have two moms, you do not make any troubles, okay? <laughs> because because mom will always call you and say, "Hey, knock it off," <laughs> right? I love that. So yeah, and um, so it's to have these powerful, incredible people in both sides of my arms is awesome, and it's a uh, it, it's uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing because they all have. Um, you know, different advice, but they, they ultimately they want me to do well, and they want me to to love what I do. You know, and they are the greatest cheerleaders um, I have ever like you know want, and you know, so it's incredible. So I I'm really really blessed about that, and therefore you know I'm I'm a luckiest one. Can you share about when you first talked to your mom in Sudan for the first time? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. After, be- like, she didn't even know that you were still right. alive. Yeah, and I remember when I first, like, I stayed in, in, you know, and I just got there in two thousand, in two thousand, um, you know, two thousand one, and uh, about four or five months or something, I gained a little bit of a, you know, conversation or something like that, and we went on a boat uh, to. Um, <clears throat> on the lake and you know especially those muggy days like in uh in a fall and you know sometimes like a uh, summer and a fall and um it's just the trees are turning like cut like leaves and just like that and you know we like to go on a boat and just kind of jump in in a, in a lake and just like that so i told my parents my story mm. you know for the first time because they they, 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 they didn't know they were just like they, they basically said like okay we're having a kid and it's gonna come at this time we don't know anything about about him and we're just gonna do the best we can to allow him to like to feel at home and because you know we'll learn so i told them the story for the first time and uh so yeah it it's um it you know sometimes it's just uh kind of hard to I mean, I I know I'm like, I'm kind of like going off the the the, uh, the 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 question that you asked me a little bit, but uh, so I told him I told him 
and they were basically so like, wow, like you can, you know, I, they couldn't believe that I, I went, I went through this, you know, mm-hmm. and I still keep my, you know, like ha- happiness and, you know, um, a drive to, to do well. And, um, so yeah. And, and, and the reason why, yeah, that was the reason why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing right now and, you know, and helping the best I can to like, to spread the word. So did, did you, um, I, I can't remember from the book though. Did you travel back to Sudan to like, and just show up in your village? How did you connect with your mom? Cause I remember, yeah. I thought I remember from so, the book, like you had yeah, a phone yeah. call mm-hmm. and she could, couldn't believe yeah, yeah, it was yeah. actually yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. I, I, like I, I, I missed that. I missed that. I missed That's that okay. Question. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, so I, I, and all of a sudden I, I got a call. I got a call from my other friends in Syracuse. Okay. They, yeah. They were like, Oh, like, um, like there was somebody like somebody was calling them from the, the camp that like your mom is looking for you. Oh, the refugee the re- camp. Okay. Right. And the reason why, the reason why like they were, um, the, they knew about my name is like, because I like, I used to be a really good goalkeeper in, in a camp and, uh, and they just, they were, the, the boys were just coming back from, from the, from the playing soccer or something and they lost. Mm-hmm. That was my team. And they, they they would say like oh man like I, I can't believe we lost that if if, if Lopez could have been as a goalkeeper we could have not lost that rate you know that, that that match and then this lady was just walking around it's like it's like oh like did you say this name uh-huh. like literally like like randomly and like yeah, yeah, yeah like like you know like Lopez Ramon or like you know like the name like she knows and they're like that's my son where, where is he. And they're like, oh, he went to America. Wow. Yeah. And then so those boys like called the guys who are resettled also in, in Syracuse in, in, in upstate New York, like to tell me that like my mom is actually looking for me in the camp. Wow. And so I told my parents uh, and, and, and my mom is like, this is like, do we have the numbers? Like, wow, we. So we have, there was one person that we have to call because there is nobody like there was like you call somebody to call to go get somebody to like to get a phone and then you know it's like a process. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I remember like it was my mom just handed me the phone and like said dial the numbers long distance it doesn't matter just dial the number like I wanna I want you to talk to your your parents and your mom and so I I called her for the first time and some the person with the, the phone went out and looked for her and like find her somewhere like and uh give the phone and the first conversation we did was literally like um it's just emotional mm. you know crying you know and because she kept on saying like well i want my my kid my kid you know i know like i think like i am gonna be that kid you know yeah i don't get uh, my, my voice not changing like but, like that's her like still have that like the thing a kid who get kidnapped in the church yeah you're six you years know? old yeah yeah six years old and people like can i talk to my son can i talk to my I'm like i am here i'm oh, here you know yeah and and so we went on and, I, and then and then we we did some like um you know she she wasn't like a hundred percent so we did like a little quiz and did like that who is like 
like you know your your dad name your whatever like basically to, to know each other really well you know and then once you knew like we all like we basically uh break into like you know um you know like we're all emotional and so that that was the first that was the first uh conversation and then the second conversation and uh happens and then i, I ended up going to buy these like uh, calling cards you know mm-hmm. so you just kind of like really build that relationship you know because like my my parents were just like really um you know wanted me to like get get you know get get the um more information about about her like where where, where she's gonna be and and how can we help and all these things so so i i got a calling card i was calling them like you know and then i I got a um, phone as well i brought her to to nairobi and um yeah and then in 2007 that's when i met her for the first time um and so she's she just was incredible was amazing to see her like for the first time and and uh, you know, before then, I I sent some pictures of me as well with somebody who was going there, and and kind of like so like one day when we meet, we don't just pass each other like this, you know. At mm-hmm. least there is some familiarity or something like that, and, and vice versa. Like that, the person like you know was going there taking pictures like of her, and then uh, you know kind of like get to we get to know each other a little bit through the pictures. And uh, in 2007, that's when we met for the first time, and and then she started like just jumping up and down and. You know, like it was incredible reunion. That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, there's so much running in all of this. I know we haven't talked about running a ton and um, this is a running podcast, but like I want my listeners to hear the full story. And so and first of all, like I said before, though, everybody needs to go read the book because there's so many more pieces to it um, that we can't possibly get through in this whole conversation. But you're two-time Olympian, 2008, 2012 Olympics. Tell us why you decided to join. I'm kind of like turning directions a tiny bit. Tell us why you decided to join the Bowerman Track Club. Yeah, um, I I think first um, because it's like a distance-oriented uh, program, and um, there is a lot of success. Um, and obviously, with the Jerry coaching and uh since he was um coaching in in uh, wisconsin mm. and um so i i was basically like 1500 meter guy and and an 800 meter guy so like i was working with uh, my high school my college coach uh john hayes mm. at, the, at the time mm-hmm. so through the uh, nau and then he took a job in um to go to uh you know, to, to go to Air Force Academy, to, to coach there in the Air Force Academy. So, like, in 2007, eight or so, 2007, I went to went to school, and then I signed a contract because I want to be able to have one year to, to get ready for the Olympics. And uh, that's when I get to meet my my bride, you know, my wife, mm. in, uh, in, in Air Force Academy. And um, so I was training, basically training in the Olympic Training Center there. And... Um, yeah, so like it's so like so after after the whole like and, and then my basically my coach also that coach uh, my my coach left the uh, Air Force Academy to take a job in um, in Austin, Texas, in the University of Texas. So I followed him for six uh, six months there, kind of training, going back and forth by visiting Brittany, back and forth in, between Colorado Springs and 
and uh, in Austin. And um, so I, I knew around after the Olympics and in, after the Olympics, like, okay, so like, it need to like, see what I, what is really, um, you know, a good area for me to be able to develop. And when I go up in, in a distance where, you know, the people that I need to train with and, you know, and, you know, you know, questions philosophies or something like that. So in 2008, nine, 2009 or something like that, we were in Monaco and, um, and I saw, I saw Jerry there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so one of these athletes was running a uh, 3k there and I, I sat down with them. He goes like, hello, I think, I think it would be really good. We can have you in a, you know, in our, in our lineup. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, like, because, you know, he's a really, really cool guy, like laid, laid back and, you know, so, and um, so I was like, okay, because I also wanted to finish my education as well. And because I left school a little, a little early uh, before I finished all my, my, you know, classes or mm-hmm. something like that. So yeah, in 2011, um, I basically, I, Jerry came over, like, it was like, I want to come and meet you, tell you exactly what we have here in Oregon. And um and then we'll see if you if you want to be part of it or not. So he flew to he flew to uh to Flagstaff. I was going to school at the time, like you know, and we met over lunch. He basically said, "Hey, if you want to run fast and join us," and, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> and that was it. That you was were it. not so a tough I, sell. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, so I I remember like that uh, uh, winter. So I just uh, drove my car and. After the after the classes was done and drove my car and to uh, to to here to Portland and that was it. So we we worked and so far so good. Yeah, you you're old school then because 2011 that group was probably pretty small at that point, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, it was basically uh, majority of like them the guys from from the uh, Wisconsin, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Chicken Cam, Simon Byro. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Solinsky and Evan Jagger, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then, and then I so I joined, and then uh, Andrew Bumbleo just joined us from uh, you know um, because he went to he went to uh, Georgetown, came from there. We we just basically started going and coming in, you know. And um, yeah, it was it, it's just incredible because everybody working very very hard, like uh, you know, to better to to beat your record, to personal records, and just like that. There is you know, that like a family um, dynamic that we have, you know, like sometimes we like we push each other to like to the brim and we, because of, you know, we, we, we love each other. We There's a lot of tough brotherly mm. uh, competition sometimes, you know, and um, yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's good to see a lot of, you know, the, the group also improving. Good to see a lot of people like... Um, you know, kind of like buy into the uh, the program as well, and you know, it, sometimes it takes a lot while, but so far, like y- young young athletes, they're like really coping up uh, perfectly. I think we finally got like a good um, you know threshold, like where you, when you join the group, where you need to be, and then slowly increase your mileage, and 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 so yeah. Yeah, what do you think about those ladies running so fast, Shelby and Carissa? Fantastic, fantastic, and I. I I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't um, surprised because, like, I see them work hard every workout. You know, I see them like just sometimes they just when they finish a rap, it's like they're like flat on the ground <laughs> or like 
their knees or something like that. So like sometimes when they are when they compete like that, it's like it's kind of easy, you know. Oh yeah. Like sometimes when, when yeah they finish, they train so hard and they when the race comes like it's easier for them, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing to see that like you know there's so so many um, you know girls in the group like running you know sub 15, you know, quite uh, a few of them and which is good. So the program is going well. Yeah. Um, you were an 800 guy, then you're 15 and then you go up to 5k. So 2008 Olympics, you run the 15, 2012, you run the 5k. And, and, and 800. Yes. I, I was, Oh, oh. I, wanted, I, 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 no, I, I was, I was, I was, I didn't make the 800, at the trials, but I yeah. was, yeah, yeah, at the trial. So I was like, I was this close of making it. That's the only, that's the only thing I, I'm still looking for it. And that story, the whole story of the races there, that's in the book too, you guys. So read right. that because it's good. It's like crazy. You're like, <laughs> when you're reading it, you're, even though you can read it in, um, you know, you can find online, like what you competed in and stuff. It's different when you're reading the book and you're reading it from your words and your thoughts and your emotions of how you felt when you just miss. And, um, but what you're saying, you want to still do the 800 in the Olympics. Well, you want to go back uh, down, think, back well, to the short I, stuff? I, I think, yeah, I I think that boat kind of like sailed on time yeah. too. But <laughs> you, but the thing is, like, you know, I it could have been really nice if I made the Olympic team in eight hundred, fifteen hundred, five k, and hopefully ten k. You know, I wanted to be able to complete the whole thing, the uh-huh. whole lineup, but. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, like, I mean, Donovan Bridge is pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Also, he's very young. I was going to say, how old is he? <laughs> <laughs> but you're, yeah, you just PR'd in the 5k at 35 right. and you're doing well in 10ks too. So do you, I mean, I'm assuming you'll probably focus on that for 2021. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, I, I was just, I was just saying it because like yeah, you yeah. still want uh, that 800 <laughs> i i still want that 800 in my heart i think in my head my dream <laughs> that 800 is still there but i don't think i can be able to make it to like to make to, you know to be this incredible athlete we have but uh yeah so uh it's it's something like i i wish i could have done a little better you know to make that team yeah so in, but yeah we'll see we'll see i think um you know yeah I, Totally, yeah, you're right. I think I positioned myself really well um, in a five and a, and a ten, and um, so I'm just gonna build on what we what we did uh, last year, this year, uh, for the next year. So, um, because you know, postponement is good because you can be able to like work on small little things that uh, allow allow me to be able to like to compete in a in a in a front end of the um, you know at the at the finish of the races because. You cannot be able to be uh, those, you know, East Africans uh, guys. Like, we have to be able to have to work on a finish. That mm-hmm. that is what they're, they're very very strong in. So, yeah. Okay, so you know your your training's going well. You're looking strong. You've kind of it seems like come out of this long cycle of probably very frustrating injuries, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but 2016 was a extremely hard year for you losing your dad and your right. brothers mm-hmm. um and missing the olympic team so how how have you walked through that you know we're four years removed at this point how did you get here emotionally 
Yeah, uh, it, it, it was hard. It was very, very hard. I, I, it was just a moment, like it was a time, like I kind of wanted to walk away, you know, mm-hmm. and um, because obviously I was doing this because I wanted like my dad to to see the success I was having in a, in the world stage or something like that. And obviously, like within a year, like to be able to lose all those people, you know, like six months, and um, and not being there to say goodbye to them, you know. And, you know, I haven't actually, I'm still thinking about, like, hopefully go there and, and pay, pay you know, uh, respect to him and to all my brothers. And it it was just like, you know, something like I was asking also God is like, wh- why did he, like, all of a sudden keep these people all the way until I met them? And all of a sudden take out, I take them after I, I build that good relationship with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just like. All of a sudden, like I was like, oh, man, like you know, I remember when I was I was lighting up for the 5K in in you know in Haywood Field when I heard about my my dad. You were and yes, and I I I guess I guess I felt in my heart like it's like I should not line up, you know, mm. but I didn't want to tell anyone and uh, and also I was like, ah, oh, okay, maybe I should just go celebrate them you know and do two and a half laps with them and uh yeah it was just so devastating it was like oh like it was tough it was tough and it was a real team and um so it took me a while to kind of like reflect myself and i that's why i you know 20 i mean 20 2015 i didn't make the team 16 i didn't make the team 17 i didn't i didn't make the team and that 18 that's when i was like okay you know what i think my dad and my brothers will want me to do this you know i and i i sat down with my my wife she's like okay if you don't if you think like you don't have that love and you know like you know like find your belly anymore something like that just say it you know like but but like just do this for uh you know to celebrate them you know and that's when i started and said okay you know like yes like you know, they, they are in heaven and um, they want, you know, I want to like entertain them. I want to entertain them and see, uh, you know, I, I, I want to see myself break the tape again. I want to mm. see myself, you know, win a circle again, you know. So, and uh, that's when, you know, 2018, you know, won my 10K title. That was good. And uh, then 19 as well. So, like, yeah, things could turn back, you know, to, to all the years that I missed because I was going through a lot and, you know, it's like also, uh, you know, like taking care of my, my parents and taking care of my brothers, you know, and all that. So yeah, it was, it was a lot going on. Um, how's your mom, your mom in, in Sudan? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I talk, I talk to her all the time Aww. and then my, yeah, my niece and nephews, my sister, you know, they are all there. And, um, so I, I normally go to bed late because I have to call them and, uh, like do the homework because of COVID, like the uh. school is not there. So like, so I have to kind of like play uh, teachers sometimes do a little homework for them. They do the, uh, virtual, like trade, like, um, you know, they have a internet in the, in the house, which is great. So, uh, and, um, so we do some homework and then they go on the zoom and do their classes during the day. And, um, and uh, like, I wake up, you know, early in the morning to say, good, you know, good, 
good afternoon to them. They say good morning to me before I go get some coffee. Yeah, like it's 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 something it's it's beautiful because like I, it makes me realize like whatever I'm doing is it's good because it's it's uh, it's making uh, difference. And um, so last two days ago, um, they graduated, and um, so. From they, they go, to, you know, uh, David is going to year one, and then Angelina is going to be going to uh, uh, year three, and uh, so and yeah, it's, it just give me, give me like, you know, I'm so I'm proud. It's give me like that energy and uh, to keep to see them succeed, and and hopefully uh, they will come to us and, uh, and uh, continue with school here. Yeah, because this is your niece and nephew, right? Okay, because I read in the Runner's World article from um, last fall that you were working on an adoption process with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does that look yes. like? Um, it's obviously it's it's not going well right now because of COVID because yeah. everything is like closing, and um, so yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's kind of difficult uh, thing going on. I don't know why it's so hard to like to adapt your own niece. These, you know, these and nephews so hard, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like, you know, uh, Britain and I, we like thinking. Hopefully, when the COVID is done, we can be able to travel to go and go and like, you know, get that process, you know, start that process again. Because right now it's kind of like still sitting, and um, yeah. So I, it, it's another challenge, you know. And um, I think it's another dream. So I'm, I'm not gonna give up on that one, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue continue pursuing it and hopefully we'll come to see them over here okay so are these your sister's kids and you guys want to right. adopt them to give them the education opportunity mm-hmm. yes okay. correct yep mm-hmm. um i always ask everybody who, how they met their significant other and i already mentioned you met her at the uh, is it was it the air force academy Air Force Academy, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Brittany and how you guys really connected and how long you've been married and all that. Yep. Um, so we met in uh, Air Force Academy on the indoor track, and I was doing a little bit of a huddle series. And uh, before, you know, like after my run, I so like she came in, she was very lovely, like so nice. Hi, how are you? Like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I was a professional runner, and she was she was a cadet, and um, so so yeah, I was, I was like, man, this person is so nice, and like you know, and uh, so we we talk and talk, like you know, we kind of become friends for a long time. Even going to going to dinner, we are going to dinner with the friends, you know, I pay my own thing, like you know, kind of kind of thing, you know. Uh-huh. So, but uh, and and one day I asked her out, and she's like. Yeah, like I was like, I thought maybe she would like she want to go somewhere, like because you know they they basically like they eat food at, at the academy or something like that. Like want to like, but I thought maybe she was like she wanted to go somewhere nice and and um so and and she goes like, oh I wanna go I wanna go to the African food I wanna go to like restaurants uh restaurant I was I was like what really you like African food It's like yeah let's go so there was a, a place like in Colorado Springs um you know, like really good, you know, African like uh, food. And, and uh, so we went in there and we got some food and we kind of started eating with hands, you know, you know, like sharing food. Mm-hmm. And she enjoyed it very much. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe, 
she will like she like African food, you know, because <laughs> everything comes with the culture. Like, you know, if you like the food, therefore everything will be okay. So and uh to follow up with that the second day and I said I'm gonna I'm gonna cook some food for you. And uh so we went to our coach's house and I where, where I was living and and uh, she joined me and uh she wanted to like see the whole process on how to make a garlic, you know. And um so we did the whole garlic thing and 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 um and she really enjoyed it very much. We we hosted some of the teammates as well and uh we ate together. And um so and then we went on a an ice bath together, which which is like something like I I really I really don't like to go like one of those like you know sit in an ice bath or something and mm-hmm. I have this like towels I have like warm thing everywhere like and so we like you know we, we sat in the ice bath and you know in uh, in academy and like that's what I I knew that like something very very special about this girl that you know so yeah and then we we dated for a while and um, she graduated in 2010 uh, from academy. And so she went to Oxford to, she was a Rhodes Scholar. And uh, so it, wow. dur- during, the, during the 2012, we, um, uh, she was there. So she came to the Olympics. And uh, so that was, re- that, that was really, really good. And then, so she, she, she came back here and we went, we, went to, uh, we went to Australia. She was also doing some work in Australia and things like that. And yeah, and then we got, we got married in 2009. Uh, 2014. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2014. And we've been married for almost six uh, six years now. Coming come September. September 20th will be six years. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Yes. I love that story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that's how I met my wife. Yeah. Does she run? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah, couldn't remember she, if she when she was at the academy was she was she on the t- uh, track team or anything? Yep, yeah, she was in the track uh, track team, and so yeah, so she she always wanted to like to do you know to go to Olympics one day or something like that, but like obviously the work you know she's she's serving uh, incredibly, and so like the work is very kind of kind of hard. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I I share my Olympic. Uh, experience with her. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask you to share about your foundation a little bit and what you guys do. Do do. I know the proceeds mm-hmm. for your book go to your foundation to help, help people from your home country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I um, I started this foundation uh, basically after 2000 and 2008 when I went back home, uh, seeing like people walking ten you know, 15, sometimes miles to go fetch dirty water, you know, and to see like young girls, um, instead of going to school, they, they go, they go and, um, look for like, you know, water and firewood or something like that, like out there, you know, and like also like they put themselves in a vulnerable situation, you know, for example, my sister also went the same, uh, had, had the same thing. And, um, so I, my foundation basically like like we, we have to bring clean water mm. close to the villages, you know. And um, you know, if we have a clean water, then you cut the death rate by a half, basically. Mm. Because of like waterborne diseases and stuff like that. And then also like you you getting the uh the kids to go to school instead of going to fetch the water. You know, the parents can be able to go fetch the water close by 
And therefore, like if you put a borehole in every small village, then there is no that fighting, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. people fight for for water, you know, what is life, mm-hmm. you know? So, and um, with, with the World Vision, what I saw what we do is that we bring the clean water to, you know, to South Sudan. And we also uh, do the education. We just opened a school in Juba, um, you know, and also we're using the sport as a, as a peace builder. And uh, we bring a lot of people, uh, kids uh, to work together, to play uh, soccer, to, 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 you know, do running or something like that, because it's, it's a way to build that um, trust in the community and, uh, and, and, and peace, peace building as well. So we opened that school in Juba and like the kids now they are going to school and all, all these things. And um, so like and also with the uh, um, uh, healthcare, basically like, you know, medicine and stuff like that. So that, that that's another like pillar that we, we work. So like uh, running for my life is basically like it helps that like, you know, if, if the book is used for um, in, educa- in like classrooms or something and the kids are like, we were like, okay, you know what? I want to, I want to go to the uh, one of these initiatives and, and uh, be part of like I want to bring, you know, education. I want to I want to like uh, raise money to buy crayons and books and things like that. Like you you can you can pick that up, you know. And um so yeah so like we we just we team up with, with World Vision and World Vision implement the mm. work for for us. And so we raise the money. We we partner with a lot of like uh, people that like you know they have uh, you know they want to do things and want to work with us and. And so, like, and then we send the money to the World Vision, and then the World Vision go on. I got it done. That's so cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> your your story and and your running is so much more than than that than running. You know, it's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I have a million other questions, but let's wrap up with into podcast because we I've had you on for so long, and you probably have things you need to go do. Um, <laughs> What's something professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Wow. Um, I think I would like to uh, um, learn how to play golf. Okay. You know, and um, it's just, it will teach me that patience, you know, like patience. <laughs> yeah. And, how, and how to hit the ball straight. And if I if, if I don't hit that ball straight, how do I like not being frustrated? The, the, the golf is what I, I would like to learn how to play. Yeah, I imagine golf for someone who runs really fast for a living would teach a lot of patience. You gotta slow down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's all about like I, I hit the ball so hard. I wanna because like thinking about if I if I hit it hard, it will give me the distance, but sometimes you just need you know, if you hit it hard, it's gonna go like completely different direction uh-huh. that you, you you don't want. So I I always struggle, and especially when I go to driving range, and oh man, it's yeah, frustrating. <laughs> okay, what's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Yeah, I think, uh, um, man, um, in in running, in running, anything. Oh, in, in anything. I think I think it's um, starting my foundation and seeing that foundation actually do great things, mm. you know, and when, when we started, we do, we, we use running and to raise money. And, and so far we raised over like, you know, $4.5 million since we started. And so, cool. um, so 
Yeah, it's, I think I think that is because I think when you bring people together with like with the with the vision and what we need to accomplish, like I think anything could be accomplished. So like I, I was really really proud of that of that. And um, so just regular people want to run and you know and run together and raise money. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, um, if you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring. Who would it be? I feel like you've met the Obamas. You've met President Bush. You've met a lot of really cool people. Yes. Um, hmm. Yes, I think. Yeah, I think my mom. Your mom. Both of my moms. Together? Together. Yes. Have you ever done that? Have they ever been together? No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. uh, We're planning. We're planning. I think one day... Oh, just sit somewhere in in maybe like a park or a wilderness or some somewhere and just put like you know a picnic on or something like that and just like have a coffee or something with the two of them and I it's to see the the story of each other uh, you know it's so yeah. good so I both of my that. parents that, that that yeah that would be. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Well, Becoming. Mm. I'm still working on it. Yes, Michelle. Michelle, yes. So good? Yeah, Mich- Michelle Obama. Yep, yep. It's, uh, it's pretty good, pretty good. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to do that one on Audible. I'm going to listen to that one. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, what is, this is the last question. What is your one message to send to the world? Uh, let's pray for peace. Uh, let's understand each other and let's use running to unite us. So good. Thank you. We did it. <laughs> I am so thankful hey. that you did this. Shout out to, to your friend, Emma. All right. Emma, she is rocking Emma, it. all the way. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, God bless. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Lopez, for sharing your story. It was an honor to have you on the podcast. And big thanks to Emma for helping me secure Lopez to come on the show. You all can find Lopez on Instagram. He is Lopez underscore Lamong9. You can find me on Instagram. I'm LindsayHine626. And you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine, as well as Facebook, where we have a group as well. Just search I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine over there. Don't forget if you want that extra bit of content with Lopez talking about the Breaking Two project where he helped pace Kipchoge, you can hear our conversation on that over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. I do want to let you know I have an episode coming out this Tuesday with Anna Turner. She is a sports dietitian with St. Vincent, and we talk all about hydration and electrolyte replacement, sweat tests, all kinds of good stuff in that episode. So that's going to be dropped on this coming Tuesday. She's a three-time guest on the show now, so she's always got really wonderful things to say. All right, friends, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and as always, I will see you next week. Well, I guess I'll see you Tuesday and then next Friday. Thank you so much for being here.